Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Well, thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive. This is Rich Burkle, and I'm here with two of my favorite pastors, uh, Daniel Bennett and Art Georges. And uh, we've been discussing ministry in the life of the local church, and particularly we've been focusing on last session and this one, vocational ministry. Uh, last time we talked about how a person can discern uh, whether or not they are called to vocational ministry and uh, briefly, uh, just maybe remind us of the the principles that that we observed on on how a person might discern their call to vocational ministry. Yeah, so we were using that uh, the acronym from a, a chapter in a book by some masters, uh, seminary professors, and this chapter deals with di- kind of discerning the call. And so they had this acronym C A L L call. The C stands for confirmation. So. Is there a confirmation from others that you're called to the ministry that you think you might be called to? Are other church leaders confirming that, spiritual leaders confirming that in your life, other people you're ministering to, you're seeing confirmation of that in the fruit of your ministry? Are you seeing confirmation in the terms of providential outworking of circumstances? And then the A of call stands for ability. Do you have the abilities that are prerequisite for whatever ministry you feel called to do? For example, you might feel called to go on the mission field, and yet you have some severe health problems that wouldn't allow you to even live in the the country to which you're feeling called to go. So that would, you know, you don't have the ability to go to that specific ministry. And then the L stand, the the first L stands for lifestyle. Do you have the lifestyle consistent with what the scriptural qualifications for ministry are? And then the last L would be a longing. Is there a desire? for that ministry, uh, and, and some would even argue, uh, by which you couldn't be happy doing any other any other task in life. You feel that, that strong of a compulsion to be engaged in that ministry. And so that was kind of the, the groundwork for discerning the call, yep. and now we're talking about well, preparing, yeah, preparing for vocational ministry. So, so if if you're listening and you're you're thinking, well, uh, I think I'm called. How can I prepare for vocational ministry? What are some things I can do? Or maybe you know someone in that uh, sort of situation. Art and Daniel, how, how would you counsel someone who desires prepare for vocational ministry? Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, it's to be actively and and uh, maybe entrenched, involved in the local church, in, in ministry, uh, in ministering to the lives of others, not simply uh, teaching, but uh, loving and serving and, and uh, really being immersed in the life of the local church so that, as was discussed in the prior session, uh, there aren't many of the blind sides to ministry that uh, would otherwise be there if you weren't so involved um, yeah, I, I think there's a, a process by which a, a church can can help people discern the call. So I know at our churches we've we've kind of uh, kind of have a, a shepherding program 
designed for people who feel called to ministry. And uh, at our in our context, there's kind of four phases of this this ministry, kind of four components. And one is just a relational component. We want to be engaged in a relationship with them as elders in their lives, and so we invite them to come to elder meetings and and things like that. And there's a discipleship component where we're having them learn some things about ministry, and we're talking with them about what they're learning about ministry, and and that helps us assess where they're at, where their ministry philosophy is going to be. I think one of the saddest things is whenever you invest in a person and then see them going to ministry and, and they end up in a totally different quadrant than where you'd, you'd want them to be. Mm. And then uh, the third component of our, our preparation is, mm. is giving them a ministry to oversee. Mm. And so you kind of give them a, some, something that starts off small but has the ability to, to grow. And so you see, okay, are they able to take something small, be faithful in it, and does God cause some growth there? And then a fourth component that I think is important, depending upon the type of ministry that a person is considering preparing for, is a, a formal educational component. So you send a person to, to seminary. And I know we've all had people in our churches go to, to different seminaries to receive some training that we can't give them here in our local churches. But we have them in ministry in the local church, see some success there, see some God-given, God-glorifying success, and then we allow them to to continue that in a, in a more formal educational mm-hmm. environment. Right. Yeah, and, and it is incumbent upon the local church to uh, be able to answer this question for people. So uh, it, it's it's important for churches to say, you know, part of our discipleship process, it's, it's just part of making disciples, is the full, complete development of a person to whatever God has them to be or to do. And uh, so as churches, you know, as church leaders, that's that's one of our responsibilities is to say, okay, if a person comes in here and let's say they hear the gospel and they are saved, and thank God, Art, you were one of those people that came right. into Bethany and right. and you were saved. And and, and as a church then, we, we have the responsibility to say, well, how are we going to help them develop to become whatever God has for them to be in his church. And uh, so there's the discipleship path that that is part of that. And then as that person matures, there, there are experiences and learning opportunities. And, you know, the way we've expressed it in the Bethany churches, too, is to say, if we ever, if you ever get to a point where we cannot give you what you need, we're going to help you acquire that. And, yep. and for us, that means it was right before, actually, you, you went to somebody, the first one was Dave Beakley, that, that the, the leaders of the church at that time, for the first time, said, we believe it's our responsibility to pay for seminary so that you can receive the instruction that we can't give you here. I right. can't give you Hebrew and Greek and all the things that you need, and so so we need to help you. So whether a church provides that in themselves or helps the the, the individual, it's it's a responsibility of the local church to be that for that person. Right, right. And they, it's been said that, uh, boy, I don't know if I want to spend three years uh, in seminary. Uh, you know, what if the Lord comes back soon? And they would always say to us when we we're in seminary, "Don't quit, don't stop." Uh, if the Lord was coming back in four years, I'd spend the first three of them in seminary so that I'd be <laughs> equipped to make that last year as fruitful as possible. Right. And and it is such a rich experience. It it uh, and and there are so many things about that formalized training outside of what we would consider perhaps the local church that are so valuable because 
they teach us how to function mm. in the stress yep. uh, that ministry becomes. So imagine a person who is in a church that doesn't have that process defined. Um, and they're kind of having to self-direct on how they can be equipped and prepared for vocational ministry. What and, that, and the truth is that that is the vast majority of people yeah. who enter into vocational ministry. That was true for me. The, the church, they were supportive. Uh, they were encouraging. But they didn't say, hey, Rich, here's the path that you need to follow, and here's how we're going to help you. I, I had to take initiative on my own. Right. And it's it actually is best even in churches that have a path for the person to sense that I can't be passive. I can't right. just let this path push me along. Right. So let's imagine that the person's in a church who doesn't have a real identified path, um, and they're all self-directed. So what would you say that person would be right to do to pursue preparation for vocational ministry? Well, I think they they begin serving. You know, if, if they haven't been doing that, that's where you, that's where you start. Yeah. And so I guess we're assuming we're assuming a healthy situation. So yep. they've they've been in ministry, they've already seen some fruit from ministry. I I think they would first assess are other people seeing this fruit as well because sometimes we can deceive our, ourselves about how effective our ministry is. Are other people seeing this fruit? And talk to some spiritually mature people in the church about kind of some of the thoughts that they're having and, mm-hmm. and see what what they see in their their life as well. So I'd I'd start there. I'd talk to right. spiritual leaders. Sometimes those steps happen. Uh, simultaneously for instance someone may uh, uh, be ministering but they also may try to find a way to get more education for instance uh, there used to be the moody extension courses that Mm -hmm. uh, were in the area that someone could pursue that now there is the gospel institute which we offer Mm -hmm. some more bible college or seminary based uh, coursework to try to encourage the Learning and sometimes that's part of what needs to be poured in at the same time as they're serving in the local churches. Mm-hmm. You know, my uh, well, my oldest son he's in dental school and and just got married this year, and so they uh, found a church together. And um, so the counsel I, I gave him, I don't know if he's taken it yet, <laughs> is is why don't you ask the pastor to have breakfast with you, offer to pay, pay for his lunch, whatever, and and sit down, introduce yourself to him, share your testimony, and uh, and, and tell him, you know, I, I don't know whether I have a gift of teaching, but I'd like to have opportunities to see, and I would like for you to help me, you know, and I'm willing to, um, you know, uh, receive instruction and encouragement in this way, and if, if you decide I don't have that gift, then that's uh, that that that's going to be important to me, but I really would like to kind of uh, be used of God and however He wants me to be used. So, so I'm asking if you would be willing to kind of give me some guidance. You know, very few pastors ever have that kind of conversation right. with a person. You know, right. very few, and, and it just seems like a normal thing that's really healthy, especially if a person's thinking I may be wanting to go into vocational ministry to sit down with the pastor or one of the elders with that very same kind of conversation. And I said, tell them you're willing to, you know, teach uh, substitute um, any level for, at any level, whatever he, whatever That's, he feels like you would need. And then that they, he'd like to be evaluated yeah. and, and get some feedback, <laughs> you know, so be more active in, a, in approaching that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's 
really neat. I know it, that would really excite me as, as a pastor. I've had several, I've had a couple occasions where that's happened, where a person has said, look, I, I think this, I think this gift is here. Um, just put me somewhere. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a Sunday school class. Just give me an opportunity. Give me whatever the need is. And I've seen people start small with yeah. children's ministry or a small group. And I've also had people, <laughs> I wonder how wide our audience is on this. <laughs> Um, uh, mom, you've heard the story before anyway. So, uh, you know, I've, I've had p- other people come who have said, um, Hey, anytime you're not able to preach, let me know and I'll be there for the pulpit. <laughs> well, that's what I, I, you're, as you're telling the story. I was, I was thinking I, it was this really sweet thing. Um, one, one day and we have this, uh, we have a number of children who love the Lord. You know, it's awesome to get notes from them and, and they, they draw pictures of me while I'm preaching and <laughs> they don't quite do me the justice that I think is right, but, um, they, they, they make their solid attempts and it's always really sweet to hear that some of them take notes, you know, but what this one little boy, he was, I think he was about six or seven at the time. And he came up to me and he said, Hey, Pastor Rich, great sermon. And he says, when do you think I'll be able to preach? <laughs> and, and I was thinking he was asking like sometime in his life, but he was thinking maybe like a week from now. Right. <laughs> you know? right. So, so I said, well, you know, it's going to take a little while, I think for preparation, but you know, that's a, that's a great desire to try and encourage him. And yet, and you know, like a, a, two weeks later, he came up to me and says, is is this the week next? Yeah, you know, <laughs> he was so like, I had to really kind of burst his bubble in. I right. don't think it's going to happen. Right. That's great. <laughs> but go talk to Pastor Art. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, you know, again, it's it's the humble spirit of starting out and saying, hey, you know, I just want to be used with God. I don't, I'm not presuming that God has, you know, this big, big place for me. I don't know. If he wants me to be in a big place, he'll he'll put me in one. But it yeah. has to be God. It's not us placing ourselves. It's that old principle, if you're faithful and little, you'll that, be given Did much. that family leave when you didn't give their no, six-year-old actually, actually opportunity? No, actually, the, the dad was very encouraging, too, because he knew what his son was asking. He wanted his dad, the son to talk to me, yeah. you know, just because he thought I'd That's be sweet. encouraging and, yeah. and yeah. follow up on what he had been kind of counseling his son. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, he came in, into the conversation, too, to, to talk to his son. Well, I think what Pastor's saying, you know, and just to encourage his son, because we want to encourage this little guy who says, yeah. I have a passion for God's Word. I see it's yeah. important. I don't think he was he his motivation was the 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 grand vision so much of of uh, you know human pride so much as I think this guy is just zealous for God. Yeah. Maybe you guys have seen this uh, this uh, maybe that's on YouTube or something. But there's there's I just saw this. It's funny. I just saw a couple of these this morning of these little kid preachers. You know, like mm-hmm. they're maybe four or five years old, and they've been in some what I would describe probably as some charismatic right. Pentecostal yeah. churches. Yeah. And, you know, I saw a little boy saying, you know, today is the Pentecost. Today is the, P-. I don't, he has no idea what he's saying, but right. you can see him. And the, the comments and the people putting out this video are like, are, are saying things like, well, look how, look how the spirit is working in this. Right. Thing. Like they're encouraged by it. And I'm yeah. thinking, man, that's one of the saddest things I've seen. Because commentary in it. it is yep. a sad comment. Not because the kid's not cute. Not because you're not excited that he's, you know, that he's excited about spiritual things. And if I've had my kids pretend to preach in the living room and stuff, and that's, that's all great. But the idea that people have such a little understanding of what it takes to really be qualified to proclaim right the gospel right. ministry, to yeah. be engaged in vocational ministry, like we're talking about here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, the essential nature, even the essential nature of a 
deep knowledge and practice <laughs> of the scriptures. Yeah. In order to be qualified to um, lead others, instead it's it's this emotional experience. You know when, um, so yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about the practical opportunities. We're also talking about um, advanced instruction because we recognize that uh, we as teachers are held to a higher level of accountability before God. And so we want to make sure we're teaching the truth. That's why in our Gospel Institute we offer theology courses, church history, uh, different uh, courses that will give a deeper level of understanding of God's Word um, and and pursue those advanced opportunities uh, opportunities for an advanced instruction. So if a person was – I'm sure we're going to have people listening to this that we don't have direct interaction with. If a person was asking you guys where all, I've done all those things, all these things I've done since my youth, no, all, all these things I've, I've done, you know, and I'm, I'm getting more, must I do more to receive <laughs> eternal life, uh, the eternal life of ministry. Um, my church is saying it's okay for me to go to seminary. Where, where would you guys encourage a person? Where are some places you would encourage a person to go Yeah, to seminary? And, and uh, maybe to back up, I had a thought that uh, about uh, I don't want to lose before we uh, move on to that idea of where, um, you know, uh, I, I think it's important for a person to consider how would I feel if God confirmed that He wasn't calling me to this ministry. That's really good because that that tells me a lot about my inner heart motivation. You know, mm-hmm. look, I, I just want to glorify Christ. If if he wants me to you know um, put pavement on the parking lot or what, whatever, and that's the best way he that's his calling for me. That's what I want to do. I don't want to miss his call. And I in conversations with with some, I, I get this very strong sense that that's not the heart that's behind it. It, it is a pursuit of something that um, feeds the pride. Mm. And and whenever it's I'm in ministry for me, you know, I, 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 I and I know some, and this might be controversial. I, I know some people that say I don't know what I do if I couldn't preach. You know, well, um, I know what I do. I'd, I'd say, what, what, Lord, what do you want me to do? <laughs> so, in other words, I, I understand if if they're saying that I love preaching and that 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 gives me great pleasure to be able to share the gospel with others, that, that's fine. But if, if you say, my life would be over if I couldn't preach anymore, well, if God doesn't call me to preach, he has something exciting for me to do. I, I don't have to preach to fulfill uh, the mission unless he's called me. Does that make sense? So yeah, I, I didn't say thing. that exactly the right way. But, um, right. but But whatever God wants me to do, that's what I want to do, not – I have to do this in order to feel good about who I am as a person. Right. And and the reason that they say that oftentimes is because of what Paul says, and uh, I believe it's in Romans. Yep. And, and uh, uh, when Paul is really saying, woe to me if I don't extend the kingdom of God by using my gift. So yep. uh, there's a lot of ways that we could do that. Even. Right. Yep. And and of course, it's it's easier to have the, those selfish uh, motivations removed when you're in the Paul's circumstance, which yeah. I preach and then I get stoned, you know, or I get beaten up or <laughs> right. I get thrown in prison. You know, that kind of removes any of exactly. my flesh's desire to preach anymore, you know. So his his motivation has to be pretty pure when he knows that that this is what's gonna happen to him when he when he goes out and proclaims the gospel. And and so uh so yeah. Yeah. 
That's good. So getting back to the, the question at hand, though, where would we— The suspense we, has been right, building, right? I know. That's, yeah. That's part well, of and, and, design. And I think uh, part of that answer, Daniel, is uh, looking at those institutions that value the local church, that it's not simply about scholarship. And there are a number of them out there that uh, would make sure that they're tying their instruction somehow in some way back to the primacy of the local church. The, the other uh, additional elements that I would add to that, that that have a very clear understanding of the doctrine of Scripture, yeah, uh, the authority, sufficiency, so that it's not just on their doctrinal statement, but it's, it's their practice, the way they train people. We want people to know the Scriptures when they leave here. Right. Um, you know, that's why, one of the reasons why I went to Dallas Seminary is because they they said we need four years so that. While you're here, you're going to go through every book of the Bible, and that's unique, actually. It might surprise yeah. people. That's kind of unique for seminaries to say you're going to go through every book of the Bible, but but that was a unique feature to Dallas Seminary. That's and good. And I know you uh, are master's, and master's has the same kind of idea, and, and uh, Daniel went to Moody. Um, there are, and there, Southern. And Southern, yeah. And Southern's there are a great... number of great, great uh you know seminaries and yeah. and each with a, some differences, distinctives of their doctrinal perspective. But that issue yeah. of they know that the scriptures are God's word and we're serious about teaching it. And secondly, we know what the gospel is and we're serious about keeping it the center. Right. And I think you're going to know that by maybe uh, not only interviewing those that have attended there, but maybe reading some uh, writings of who's leading that seminary to know what they, their focus is. All right. Well. Uh, Thanks for joining us again for Revive the Drive. We trust this has been encouragement to you. God bless you today.